the earth. We've believed our entire lives that it's a sphere. But have we been lied to? Is there a massive conspiracy involving every world, government, and military leader working in unison to hide the fact that the earth in actuality is flat? If so, why? What do they benefit? And what do we miss out on? And does the Bible actually teach a flat earth? Many seem to think so. Stay tuned for the second half of the Dude Facts podcast as we address these questions and determine if we're really living on a pancake. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Dude Facts. If you are just now jumping in with us, um, we are on part two of our 20th episode, by the way. So big milestone there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I should have... Uh... I brought some Oreos or something. That's right. <laughs> some cheese. Oh, wait. That would have been great. Uh, so if you didn't check the first half, go check it out. Uh, a lot of fun there. And we are starting um, a series we're going to do maybe over the next few weeks on conspiracies and how Christians should relate to them and um, where's the truth. And, um, and so uh, we just had a podcast a few weeks ago uh, where we, we mentioned the idea of flat earth and um, it just kind of went nuts on social, on our feeds. A lot, of, a lot of conversations. Yeah, it's a plane. Um, and so we thought, well, let's, let's tackle this one first because I believe more than any other conspiracy out there, um, this one affects, I think, believers more directly. And, and I think believers are more drawn to becoming uh, people who believe in a flat earth more easily than maybe some of the other conspiracies. Like we're going to talk probably about aliens and UFOs and maybe zombies and ghosts and things like that. That might not necessarily be conspiracies, um, but just those kinds of beliefs. But this one, I think because a lot of people who um, that are believers that are flat earthers, they believe it because they think the Bible teaches flat earth. And there are several passages in scripture that seem to support flat earth. Um, and that's one of the things that we cut a sound bit for, threw it out on TikTok, and it kind of blew up. People thinking we were flat earthers. And I think around the podcast here, we all believe in a spherical earth, I believe. Yes. Grant, you're in the Northwest. I don't know. You may not. I don't know. Y'all are weird out there. The uh, Northwest of what? <laughs> northwest corner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, we wanted to talk about this a little bit. Now, before we really jump in, we need to set uh, maybe some foundation here for our conversation. Um, one, what is a conspiracy? So when we talk about conspiracy, conspiracy theories, and say that flat earth is one, um, we need to understand what we mean by that. So a, a conspiracy, again, just going off of a Webster's Dictionary definition, a conspiracy is a belief that some secret but influential organization like QAnon or Crystals is responsible for an event or phenomenon. Um, so basically there's, there's a powerful entity entity that is, um, uh, suppressing, conspiring. conspiring. Yeah. I'm trying not to use the word in the definition <laughs> is suppressing <clears throat> some sort of truth or has been responsible for something that's happened. And we, we think it's something else. So like moon landing is one of those, mm. um, the Denver airport, like we talked about earlier, being the capital for the Illuminati, um, all those and things. And they're the ones coming up with the conspiracy. They are. Yes. The Denver airport. That's right. That's, that's where they're birthed. Yeah. Um, so a conspiracy along those lines 
is flat earth. So we want to talk about this. It does impact believers, I think, pretty directly. Is our Have we understood scripture wrong if we believe in a spherical earth? Have we missed it? No matter, no matter how old we are, however long we've been reading or being, we've been taught the Bible, have we got it wrong? Um, does Bible really teach flat earth? And, and if so, um, why is that truth being suppressed? Why have we been taught our whole lives that the, that the earth is a sphere? It's spherical. It's a globe, right? We all saw the globes in elementary school growing up. And um, so, so why is that the case? And what's the benefit for the people suppressing that truth? And then what is what are we missing out on then if we don't believe the earth is flat? So um, we've got some details, some facts we want to bring out and different things. But let's just start here. What, what's been your experience other than the, the TikTok and Instagram videos that have gone out and all those comments? What's been your experience with hearing about Flat Earth and uh, maybe when you heard about it for the first time? I, I laughed. I mean, I thought... This is a joke, right? I mean, how how do you believe something like this? Not just because I've been taught, you know, differently um, in school growing up, but um, have you ever been on an airplane? Have you, I mean, how do you explain a total lunar eclipse? I mean, why is the moon a big round ball in the sky and the sun? It just seems like all the evidence is right there to support that. And to believe in a flat Earth, um, almost you almost have to sort of create something that's not there um, to make it fit your um, you know specific belief and and thoughts on things. And I know that that there's scriptures that are taken, and we talked about the four corners and all of that. But um, the important thing to I think to get in all this isn't necessarily to try to win an argument, but you may engage in arguments, but it's, you know, Satan is not out there. The enemy is not out there trying to get us to believe in a flat earth or trying to get us to believe in a round earth, a globe, um, thinking that's how I'm going to trip them up. That's how I'm going to get those people that call themselves Christians that follow Christ is I am going to make them believe there's a flat earth or I'm going to, the earth really is flat. I'm going to make them believe it's a round earth and I'm going to trip them up. No. I mean, why, why would he do that? Instead, he's going to get us to argue about stupid Mm -hmm. things like this so that we're focused on that and not other important things in the kingdom. And that's the way I've always seen it is why are we wasting our time, you know, arguing about these silly things uh, with any conspiracy instead of looking at it and thinking, that's interesting, maybe I'll dig into it, understand it a little bit, but at the end of the day, does it change anything about my relationship with God? So basically what you're saying is it doesn't matter the shape of the earth. We just don't need to argue about it. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for joining us on our podcast yeah. today. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's been the Dude Facts <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I mean, that's Grant <laughs> had to leave early, so I had to wrap it up. No. Um, Go ahead. I I think that my experience with people who believe in a flat earth, you know, in the theory of flat earth, they, it's, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever actually known anybody personally that believes that. Um, I feel like that would have come up, Uh, but I'm sure there are people that, that 
believe it kind of like in like a cursory sense, like, oh yeah, they're flat, whatever. They don't like make their whole life about it. But most of the people that I see that believe in flat earth are, that's like their whole personality is flat earth and pushing that idea and trying to debate people and trying to like, you know, make science fit their theory of things. And a lot of those, a lot of these people tend to be delusional um, or have like, like, like elements of paranoia and like, you know, some mental things going on. And I think those people have pushed the theory further that there are then people that are just regular everyday people that, you know, are kind of thinking like, Oh, maybe there's something up here, but it kind of like stems from people that maybe you're not quite all there. Um, I think from like, you know, documentaries I've watched and like, you know, just like the actual stuff that the, these flat earth believers put out there, like you're watching it. And that, that just seems to be the case of where, where this all kind of comes from in a modern day sense. And, and that's what, I think people forget when they watch these documentaries or these television shows that, you know, specifically focus on conspiracies, conspiracy theories, ghost hunting, aliens, all that stuff. At the end of the day, they're trying to make money. I mean, they're making this because they want people to watch. They're trying to sell um, advertisements and uh, get that revenue and make bank that at the end of the day that's what they're trying to do so they have to come up with something interesting and uh, we've seen it be successful in the world of fiction and now there's this other genre if you will of hey i'm going to make something look like news or scientific study or documentary and you know but at the end of the day it's fiction or it's heightening things that you know people have seen or maybe experienced and make them seem like more of something that they're not. Um, and, and I've known people that watch these type of shows and these documentaries and they get sucked in and, you know, they don't even care about something, but all of a sudden somebody says, Hey, the Illuminati's at the bottom of the Denver airport. And they're like, Oh my gosh, did you hear the Illuminati's mm-hmm. at the bottom of the Denver? And they're, they're freaking out when, you know, a day earlier, they weren't even thinking about these things. They were and, thinking about cheese on Oreos. Yeah, absolutely. Which is way more important. <laughs> it's a Calcium. conspiracy in and of itself. Grant, what about you? Oh, Grant just disappeared. No, he disappeared. Yeah. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I disappeared. Yeah, we can't see you, but we can going. hear you. Oh, yeah. There's uh, I've I've encountered people like these in other churches. Praise the Lord. I don't have time. <laughs> I, don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time for this. <laughs> I don't. I got pastor like, to if do. If the world's ending, yeah, if the world's ending, or if Jesus is coming back and it's imminent, or I could die today. And we're called to share the gospel. It's like we're on the Titanic and we know where the life, life rafts are, but we'd rather sit on the life raft and debate the best material that <laughs> best should be made out of or something. I think it's so stupid. Get yeah. over it. <laughs> so our heart in this is not to just rail on flat earthers, um, although some of that no, has come not. out. But Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm trying not to because I have some friends. I have some friends that um, I believe are mature believers Ugh. and do drop them, man, and like a dollop. And they they um, do their study, um, and they've been very careful about things that they say that they believe. Um, and what and one of them actually liked one of our videos about it, but never commented. 
and mm-hmm. um, which is fine because I thought I didn't I didn't think they had to, but I know that they're listening and, and a part of this, um, and so there are believers out there. I be, I I believe there are Christians out there that are buying into flat earth because they legitimately believe the Bible teaches that. And so I think that's really the angle we should approach this is not to try to win flat earthers over, especially if they're not believers. Listen, just right. just listen to this and hate us in the comments, please. We love that. Uh, well, and tell us why we're wrong. Go ahead. I think it's important too for the non-believers who might be listening. Yes. Let's just be incredibly blatantly clear. If you read scripture to read the story of scripture, you're not going to conclude the Bible teaches the earth is flat. I strongly believe that every single person who is going to scripture to ask questions about a flat earth is looking for proof Mm. that their conspiracy friends have shared with them. Yeah. Jesus juke. Legit. And in fact, I don't have time for that. You can do it with pretty much anything. If you have something <laughs> yeah. you're wanting to prove, you can go, you can proof text things and pull from here and there and say, "Oh, okay, this is what it's about." And and here's here's the thing, and this is kind of what I wanted to get to at the end, but it would be good to frame our discussion. The Bible doesn't teach flat Earth or spherical Earth. Like it doesn't flat out it doesn't flat out say the Earth is flat. And it doesn't come out and just say, hey, the earth is a big ball. In a roundabout way. In a roundabout way. That's right. Um, There's none of that. So how do we then wrestle with that? Um, Does that mean that the shape of the earth isn't important? Um, What does that mean about passages we read in Scripture that seem to give on both sides of the argument? So is it really confusing us then? Like, is it saying one thing, but then saying something else? Was it contradictory? Or might it be that the Bible... And the, the, the information we read there was never meant to answer that question. Instead, it was meant to communicate something completely different. Um, in fact, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to mention kind of where this flat earth view came from, because it says a lot about, um, I think it, it communicates so much about why people are believing it today, um, especially well-meaning Christians. So everyone believed flat earth from the beginning of time. And of course, around this table, we believe in God spoke and it came into existence. Like God is the creator. We're his creation. And um, so from the beginning of recorded even biblical history, um, outside in extra biblical um, resources, even the Hebrew mindset from the beginning was we live on a flat earth. That was their mindset. Um and that continued up until just a few centuries BC when um, you had, oh, I don't want to get the names wrong. You had Aristotle who first um, came up with the idea that the earth was round. He began to teach that, 400 BC. Uh, 200 BC, you had another guy, um, Eratosthenes, um, who rightly calculated the circumference of the earth, and then his math has been proven over and over that he was correct. So that was 200 BC. So everybody is beginning at this time, especially in Greek thought, to say, oh, the earth is not flat like we've always believed. It, it's round. And then Ptolemy in 200 AD developed um, uh, this model of the, or a way to calculate the positions of heavenly bodies, different plants and everything. Now, he was off because he had it uh, earth-centric, and we know... Mm-hmm. 
now it's it's sun centric and those two words are geocentric and heliocentric so you'll read especially from a flat earther saying that we are sun worshipers you know and and that's part of what's wrong with this yeah s o n baby that's right <laughs> jesus juke jesus juke <laughs> okay so this is important so from that time until the mid 1800s based off the research i could do Everyone was cool with the round earth, right? Like, okay, the scientists, the philosophers have figured this out. We're no smarter than they are. It's round. In the mid-1800s, you started having a group of guys, and I didn't get their names, but they were skeptics of Scripture. They didn't believe, and they what it said, they were setting out. Sorry, Belchin. They were setting out to disprove the Bible as a legitimate resource of life. And, and teaching. And so they were pulling out these passages that seem to teach flat earth. Uh, you know, the four corners, the foundations, the firmament, stuff like that. And they were saying, see, look at this. The Bible can't even get this right. Can't even get the shape of the earth right. How can we believe it for anything else? So as they're out there promoting and saying the Bible is showing the earth is flat, people started saying, oh, the Bible teaches the earth is flat. And then this is where this flat earth idea took on life again in the mid-1800s where there, there, there began to be this growing group of believers who would say, oh, we've misunderstood everything all along. The Bible really teaches flat earth. So they're taking the same argument that people, skeptics, were using to disprove why the Bible is valid and said, oh yeah, we believe that too. Um, and so that's where it kind of came from. Now, there's definitely been a resurgence um, in the last, I guess, 20 years or so um, mm. with with flat earthers and what I'm what I'm finding troubling I don't I don't put it on people who are not Bible scholars and aren't followers of Jesus to say yeah the Bible teaches it so I'm going to believe it although they don't believe anything else in the Bible they're going to believe that and use it as their proof but believers who are going to it and dismissing centuries of scientific research, study, tens of thousands of pictures that have been taken, mm. whether you believe they're doctored or not, all this stuff, all this, all these items that are used as proof for around earth, immediately dismissing it and saying, I believe all that's false because the Bible teaches flat earth. And they get tied up in it. And I love people who have this view and I want them to make sure they're reading their Bibles correctly. Um, so, so let me throw a few of these verses out there, and and we can discuss them. One we've talked about four corners, right? That's mentioned um, three times uh, in in Scripture. The four corners of the earth, and either God, when when this is written in Scripture, is is either communicate one of two things is happening. Either God's trying to communicate a reality about the earth being flat or the authors are taking their worldview and placing it into the Bible. So if it is flat, one of those two things are happening. Um, because ancient cosmology at that time believed in a flat earth. Uh, and and so you get you get a verse like that, the four corners. So how have you guys all... all always interpreted that verse because I've never heard it and thought oh that means the earth actually has four corners when you hear that what do you what do you think uh, I've always taken it as just like hyperbole and it's just you know them speaking in a 
figurative sense of like you know the four corners of you know like we think directionally and you're like oh like you know as far as the earth reaches that's you know that's what they're talking about and i don't think it's meant to be like a literal like there are four corners of the earth like that's not not really what that statement biblically is concerned with that's how i've always taken it yeah and i would say the same i think it's you know it's directionally um you know in a sense um you know we understand that as as we think about north south west east you know which directions and you know the 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 way i think our mind even sort of sees um direction and um you know thinks of it um typically is is sort of a two-dimensional way i think because maps and you know those sorts of things have always just sort of been flat and so we look at it and we understand like this side of the earth that side of the earth you know as we talk about you know the united states being in the west and uh china being in the east well the reality is is as the earth spins around i mean if you want to get technical sometimes china is in the west and you know the united states is in the it's it's just the way I think our mind thinks about it, and I think a lot of the Bible is, you know, obviously the Bible's not written for that. It's not a science test textbook. We've talked about that. Um, as you read Genesis one, especially, and we try to interpret creation, we do an injustice by looking at it with scientific minds, trying to trying to determine everything. That's that's not the purpose of why it was written. It's written again, to be a revelation of God and who he is and what he expects and his redemption plan for mankind. That's why it was written. And so there are emphasis, you know, there are points in the Bible, Revelation is, is another one, where we see a lot of descriptive things that we sometimes try to read into as being literal um, uh, when they weren't intended to be that way. Now, there's a lot of things in Scripture that are very literal, but there's other things I think that are clear illustration. Um, just as Jesus talked in parables, uh, those who God chose to use to, to be inspired to write scripture wrote often describing things in a way, in an illustrative way that would help the audience understand it. And I think these, you know, th- this is one of those things. And Grant, you mentioned earlier, it's just about even how we approach the word. Like how, how would you, as a pastor, what would you say to somebody in your congregation that has maybe never read the Bible before? Here, here's how you need oh, to come and approach this. Well, there's a phrase, a text without a uh, context is a pretext. Meaning you take a phrase out of context, you can make it say anything you want. Um, Genesis is a prime example. If, if Christians say they're doing a study on Genesis, I kind of roll my eyes because they might get through chapter 12. <laughs> Because they want to focus on how the world was created, how they think it came to be. Was it a literal seven days for the word yom um, and all the various reasons why? Half the book of Genesis alone, half the book is devoted to the person of Joseph. Now, that's important because in context, the person that wrote most of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, was Moses around Mount Sinai. And Joseph is who got Israel into Egypt to begin with from where they went to, to Sinai. So in context, a capital A author of scripture was giving a brief history to really delve into the story of the guys that got Israel to Egypt. So it's not answering the, the dork who has no life, who is trying to find something to entertain himself because Christ isn't enough for these people. 
Mm-hmm. I've not met a single conspiracy person who's a believer who is sharing the gospel. That's why, like, I, and I don't know the friends you're talking about, Josh. I hope I don't. <laughs> I hope I don't offend them, but maybe I, I hope I can, as a brother in Christ, mm-hmm. encourage them to think beyond themselves because they are wasting time. So Jesus if Christ's return is, <laughs> if Christ's return is imminent, and we're spending time debating if Earth is flat or not, who cares if yeah. it's flat? And Jesus, if, if it is flat, let's grant that. Sure, the earth is flat. Jesus came and died 2,000 years ago, saying he forgave sin once and for all, rising again from the third day, showing what happens to you if you're in Christ. Is that true? If it's true, does it apply to me? If that's true, does it apply to my neighbors? And share. Let's let's make some noise yeah, for that. And that's, I mean, that's anything and everything we get so wrapped up in. Oh, um, There's so many things. And that's really with all these things we're probably going to talk about over the next few weeks it's all distraction. Um, and there is an enemy behind that, that Mm. if I'm going to, I'm going to misquote it, but, um, what is it that screw tape, uh, screw tape says in, uh, or I'm sorry, Wormwood says in the screw tape letters about, we don't have to get them to doubt. I don't know if you guys, I'm going to completely butcher it, but he's basically saying if we can just get the believers to be distracted, that's all we got to do. And, um, Uh, and that I believe that's that's kind of what's going on here. And you know the the friends I have, I, I haven't spent. Gosh, I keep hitting that. Sorry, I haven't spent a lot of time around them recently. Just just social. They've um, they've moved. But in the past, I know they were. They're all about it. They're all about what they need to be about. Yeah. And um, and there is, I think, I think, the the believers who are really into flat Earth. I think they're there because they believe that we're missing out on a reality in their minds that proves God's glory even more and more, right? Um, Do you remember the Gnostics? Oh, yeah. The early church heretics? Mm-hmm. Gnosis, uh, Gnostics from the Greek gnosis, gnosis, meaning knowledge, that there is hidden knowledge. Yeah. They're hidden, right? Hidden. That they, there is something more full. And mm-hmm. that's one of my other big cautions to to Christians who think about the flat earth, they're putting so much emphasis into knowing something because Christ isn't enough. Hmm. Why is the gospel not good enough? Yeah. That's and they're a, not realizing it's not good enough because they're not preaching to those to yeah. whom it's news. And that's the thing. If, if Jesus was enough, I think our approach to this would be, it really doesn't matter what it is. It really doesn't, you know, if science got it wrong, they got a bunch of other stuff wrong too. That's fine. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion, and pastors have said it before. David Platt, I believe, wrote an, a book recently where he talks about, you know, the things that we believe be in different buckets and buckets of importance, or we can call it tiers. Obviously, Jesus is Lord, and salvation is found only in Him. You know, that mm-hmm. is the top tier. Obviously, we've got to get that right, and then everything else falls underneath that. And, and we get those things in church, like when we talk about eschatology or we talk about, you know, even simple things, uh, Calvinism versus Arminianism, but... Um, Pews versus chairs. Yeah, when it comes to like worship styles and carpet and all that stuff, you know, th- those are things that as we look at those tiers, you know, rank somewhere on there, but all of it falls ultimately way underneath the fact in that... In the trash bucket. You know, Jesus is the way. <laughs> um but if you look yeah. at these conspiracy theories, I think those 
not only fall way down on the importance in terms of tears, but they also are very, like you said, very dangerous um, when it comes to distracting us. And so that's why we have to be careful from the with top this. Tier. Yes, yeah. from, from that very yeah. top tier. It's like these things can all distract us from that top tier. But uh, these, there's certain tiers of things that we can get wrapped up in that will really take us to another level when it, com- when it comes to distraction. And I think this is one of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a way of getting us to doubt the fact that that's interesting what you brought up, Josh, about the first people to really bring this back into mainstream thought were people trying to disprove the Bible, yeah. which I think goes to show you that these type of conspiracies are things that ultimately can lead us away from believing that Jesus is Lord, not only distracting us from it, but not believing it yeah. anymore. So what happens, let's say, let, let's say the earth is flat and, um, I'm, I'm sorry, how do I say this right? No, let's say, I mean, let's say it's round. I'm sorry. And all the flat earths are just, no, the Bible teaches, the Bible teaches flat earth. And that's, that's why I believe it because the Bible says it. Well, what if proof comes out that for some reason nobody can, um, say is false, like even like a moon landing or a space shot from a satellite. But let's just say for some reason that comes out, what does that do to their faith? If they can't trust the Bible on that, then yeah. what can they trust it on? And it's just like Grant is saying like they've, they've, they're, they're switching it around. Um, and that's because we're approaching the Bible wrongly in those times. Like these, these passages, I'll mention a few more in a minute, but these passages aren't I mean, what if the Bible is not about teaching us the shape of the earth, but about revealing who God is to us in those passages? Because when you read anything that talks about four corners or the pillars of the earth, or even or even God in creation setting this firmament, which is a really bad English word translation, thanks to King James, um, that we've, we've bought into, um, what if it's talking about how grand God is? that he's creator, he did this, he sustains it because he holds the earth by its pillars. and um, He's the designer of everything. And these four corners, maybe they're talking about the far reaches, like Ryan said. And just so you know, when four corners is used, it's not always used about a place, it's used about people as well, that the four corners will give praise to mm-hmm. the Lord. So how do, we, how do we put that into that same framework and say it's still talking about a square earth? Mm-hmm. So, so the Four Quarters is just talking about, man, people from every land, nation, mm-hmm. tongue, tribe are going to give God glory. Um, I, I think the word's more powerful when we're viewing it that way. And let, let, let science be science as long as it doesn't go against what Scripture is saying. Because passages like this, I firmly believe, are metaphorical more than anything else. And this, this is something else. Um, there are there are these these passages um, that we talk about. Um, so we have uh, ends of the earth is mentioned twenty eight times in Scripture. That phrase in, in, in the in the King James, twelve of those are used. Um, twelve of those twenty eight. It's actually uh, a combined. It's two Hebrew words brought together that mean extremity and earth. And earth in the Hebrew thought literally means a plot of dirt, like you were saying earlier, Grant. Um, and these phrases in multiple places speak of people. So how do you determine, if you believe the Bible teaches flat earth, how do you determine which are metaphorical and which are literal? And 
if some are metaphorical, if you would agree with that, then how do you know they're not all metaphorical? But yeah, this is legitimately, legitimately literal. And so even some of this is in Revelation, and you mentioned that we would read things mentioned in Revelation as allegory or metaphorical. Um, you know, I, we may not actually see a seven-headed dragon beast come out of the ocean, right? What? Um, and probably most of us say, yeah, that's, that's, that's speaking of something in a figurative way. But in Revelation, when it talks about the ends of the earth, oh, that, that means, mm. you know. And, and all the term, what, this last thing, and then, then I'll throw it back to you guys. All the terminology in Scripture, if it did teach flat earth, it, it would be square, right? Four corners. But all of the diagrams, all the Hebrew ancient belief, things that people come out now, what shape is it? It's round, right? And there's this, yeah, there's this, it's a plate. There's a wall of ice. That's Antarctica that the dome descends down behind. And so if you're really going to go with the Bible view, you got to dismiss all that. Mm. And you got to say, no, it's, it's a square. Um, it's just a complete misunderstanding of what scripture exists for. Yeah. I think it's ultimately, you know, when you're approaching this, the, 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 the question is not, does the Bible teach flat earth? The question is, is the Bible concerned with it? Yeah. And I think that if you, you know, read the Bible in its entirety and understand what its purpose is, you, you would understand that the Bible doesn't care if the earth is flat mm. or if it's round. It's not trying to prove anything. It's, it's about, it's about, you know, God and Christ and, you know, the, the story of, you know, his redemption for mankind. That's the purpose of it. Anything outside of that, we're, we're just, you know, fussing over things that don't matter and things in the long run that are holding us back, like, you know, Grant said. So I think, I think that's what we need to ask ourselves when we approach questions like this question and questions like this that, you know, we, I'm sure we could talk about for several episodes, but, you know, ultimately we, we need to answer that question. And, and these things lead to interesting discussions, obviously. That's why sure. we're part of why we're doing this. But um, again, it, it does hamstring the um, the gospel in a sense. I mean, and, and in a sense of us being used to, to proclaim the gospel and build the kingdom. I'm thinking back to, um, Josh, you might have been there. I think it was like 1994. Um, we go down to Memphis, our, our youth group does, and we go to a Dawson McAllister conference. Yeah. Now, I, I used to love Dawson McAllister, but I remember the entire thing was on Revelation, uh, talking about the end times. And Dawson McAllister was a real interesting and engaging youth speaker. Granted, part of this were, were the times, but also I, rem I remember specifically him talking about the Antichrist. And as he's discussing the Antichrist, he's beginning to speculate on who in our world could be the Antichrist right now. And he, he mentions Bill Clinton by name, our president at the time, <laughs> and specifically says, you know, Most Bill Clinton Lily. fits this and fits this and fits this. And he's reading scripture and he's like, could Bill Clinton be the Antichrist? Is he talking about the jazz musician or the... He's talking about both. Oh, both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, you know, I, I left that as an impressionable teenage kid. You know, I'm already thinking through all that, and, and it did raise, you know, the, some red flags.
But I'm also starting to think about the same thing. Should I be looking for the Antichrist? Could it be Bill Clinton? It could it be one of our presidents. And, you know, now looking back on that, I think, you know, as Grant was saying earlier, what wasted time? You know, here I am, like, mm-hmm. trying to figure this out when, you know, God could be saying, "Here's a, there's other things I want your focus to be on, other things that I, I need your mind here in the game, so to speak. It, it's almost like, um, you know, there, there, there's this football player out there who has the playbook sitting in front of them, but instead of doing the plays that they're asked to do, they're looking at one specific play and trying to interpret that play and thinking, well, maybe the coach meant for me to do something way off, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, you know, hasn't even really been spoken on, but, but, you know, you can interpret it that way. You know, plays are called all kinds of stuff. Peyton Manning used to yell at the word Omaha. And, uh, you know, you could look at that play and say, Omaha, Omaha. Right, maybe it has Omaha. something to do with <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. You know, maybe I need to be thinking about this And, and, their head's not in the game. And so I think we do the same thing with a lot of issues in the church is our head is out of the game. And I think the enemy has a field day with it. And and that's what, I think that's what blew me away about the comments on social media. It wasn't so much that there are people out there that believe it. That didn't surprise mm. me. It was the passion yeah. with which some of these people, at least that it came across the way that they typed it or spoke it, uh, or say spoke it, but but wrote it out. Um, it seemed like they were so passionate about it to the point of where that again was the dominant thing when it came to their faith, not Jesus. Yeah, I actually asked 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 a guy somebody. Um, I, I asked one of the guys on there because um, he had responded to something pretty pretty hateful. And, and I said, man, if, if you believe something is, is true with all that you are, and you're talking with somebody that doesn't believe it, you would, you, and you think it's life-changing for them, because that's one of the things that he had mentioned, you're missing out. Like, he called me a believer, but L-I-E was capitalized, because I believe the lie. Oh, not a believer? Believer, no. Okay. But um, I, said, I said, man, if, if you really believe this, and you're passionate about it, and you think I'm missing out on something good... I would expect you to communicate with patience, compassion, um, to try to bring me along in that. And, um, and, and that's not at all, you know, what I was getting. And then I, and and then he finally did come back and he, you could tell his tone had kind of softened, but, um, that's where, if that guy's a believer, I'm out. If he's a follower of Jesus and believe in flat earth and communicating that way, I'm out. Mm. Right. Um, if you're a believer and you're communicating it, um, I really hope you get it together, but, um, I want us to, cause I know Grant's got to jump off. So I want to make sure that we have time to, to ask the question, what does scripture say about how we should respond? Not just to flat earth, but any conspiracy, but at the same time, I believe we can at least give those of us who are spherical earthers and believers and people who follow the Bible and believe it's teaching, um, some, some answers because people who are, are, are doing flat earth, they've got, they've got scripture at the ready, right? It's like anything that is, has taken uh, scripture and twisted it to prove another point or, or another religion or whatever. I mean, they're at the ready with it. So we need to be able to answer that. So just one, one thing that I think we can put out there because so many of these passages are from the old Testament. Um, why, why would God use that terminology for corners? Why wouldn't he just say people everywhere? Why wouldn't he be more um, 
you know, in the in the middle ground with stuff like this? Or why would he why would he not say around the world? Um, I think God is so good to his people that when he inspired it to be written by men like Moses and these prophets that use this terminology, it was written in a way that they could grasp it because their worldview was flat earth, a round flat earth. That's what they believed. And if God had come in and said, listen, I want to give you, I want to help you understand my love for all people. Um, but I want to, I want to say around the world because it's really round and not flat. Like you believe, like, why would he do that? So what God's doing is he's communicating deep truth about himself in a way that makes sense to his listeners. Um, and, and so any, anything like that, one, we have to understand what, what did the original culture think? How did they, how did they perceive the world? And then from there, we can rightly apply in context and understand, um, the writings and the teachings here. So it's just another thing, just keep in, in mind, like it's not, God wasn't, maybe he wasn't just literally trying to communicate the shape, but m- trying to communicate in a way that would make sense and be most impactful. Uh, to his hearers. But also, I think it's important to note as well that you don't understand that that's what Israel believes from the text of Scripture. Yeah. No, they just had that. They just had that. It was just the common cultural belief before Moses wrote Probably. The first one. Yeah. But we well, that's know. that's that's the original belief from other ancient historians and people who understand, right? who have done study into Hebrew culture, yeah. ancient Hebrew culture. I just don't culture. want to give credence to any listeners who might want to read the Bible themselves yes. and look for, I appreciate oh, that's what the Hebrews believed. Well, yeah. you're not going to find it. <laughs> yeah. It'd be extra biblical. Well, yeah, it'd be also, extra biblical. It's not from Scripture, but that yeah. that's the assumed thought because that's what everyone believed in recorded, in recorded history until 400 B.C., right, as far as we know, until um, Greek philosopher dude was like, wait a minute, I think it's round. <laughs> And then we all sure. started questioning it. You, you mean that God didn't come to Moses in the burning bush and say, Moses, I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And oh, yeah, the earth is round. <laughs> Make sure you include that. Part. Yes. Yeah, it's very so, important. So, so, so write that whenever you write the Bible. <laughs> so the big teaching well, is read it in context. Yeah. For those oh, one of the, yeah. There's an entire book in the Old Testament called Proverbs and it's full of wise sayings. And one of the ones I, I remind myself with believe like mature believers, uh, is don't answer a fool according to his folly. Says, Hey, uh, let me share with you what I'm reading about this or this documentary that I've seen that proves this. I say, cool, man. Anyway, <laughs> quit bringing yeah. scripture. And, and, and I do, I do have to run, but I think this is really interesting. We, we, we finished up college. a series on Titus, which is, the Apostle Paul saying this area um, called Crete is really terrible. So Titus, why don't you go and fix it? And it was known as like kind of a Las Vegas of its day, full of sinners that were mercenary for hire, just like crazy, crazy people. And at the very end of his message, before he sends these final greetings, he says, he reminds them of, you know, God loves us richly through our Savior Jesus, that we might, we might inherit eternal life, kind of the gospel. This verse 8, the saying is trustworthy. I want you to... Uh, I want you to insist on these things so that those who believe in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. When you're devoted to something, you don't have time for other things to creep in. You can't be devoted to conspiracies with good works being your devotion. Um, these things are excellent and profitable for people. Good works, that is. 
Verse 9, avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. So for those who are saying, oh, I found this truth in Scripture, the earth is flat. Well, I found this truth in Scripture. That's quarrelsome. It's a waste of time, and you're foolish for believing it. Jesus, (laughs) Duke. (laughs) Very well done. I think we can begin to wrap up with that. Um, no. Does anybody else have something Good they want stuff. to add to it? Because that's, I mean, that's really the heart of this is there's, it's out there um, and we want to address it and bring some truth that we think and not just dismiss like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Um, but scripture has some clear teaching of what we need to then be spending our, our, our time in. The, the other part, if, if you're a believer out there that is a flat earther, just know, I, I Googled celebrities that are also flat earthers mm. here's who you're in company with Kyrie Irving Tila Tequila and B.O.B. so if if those Bob? are the folks that you want to be associated with <laughs> that also doesn't even scratch the surface of the craziness of Tila Tequila <laughs> yes yeah don't align yourself with fools right that what <laughs> there was another article that said Shaq was also a Flat Earther, but I think I think he's so tall that he can see. Well, he can tell that the Earth is round. So yeah, that's clearly yeah. a lie. So, read your read your Bible in context. Read it with the thought of what is this saying about the Lord, um, about His glory, and how we live within that. Um, don't just dismiss science because it, it doesn't seem to fit with something that is said metaphorically in Scripture. Um, all truth is God's truth. We don't need to be afraid of that. And and listen, if if flat earth is true, that means every world leader, every government leader, every military leader and personnel, every pilot, every astronaut, every weather person that's seen video of balloons up there, anybody that's ever skydived, anybody that's ever flown in a plane and actually seen curvature of the earth. I know flat earthers have an answer for that. But think about those people that have been there, NASA all this, that means they all agree on something. And when in the history of mankind has every world leader, every government, every religious leader, except for the cult of flat earth, every religious leader, every uh, military leader agreed on something. I mean, there's, there's some crazy terrorist guy wanting to blow up the U.S. out there leading a country. I'm not going to name any names, but would that guy not blow the whistle on it? Just to bring America down, you know, and get us to doubt our government even, wouldn't there be some sort of proof given? And, um, I mean, if, if nothing else, that's, that's the, how, how absurd the idea that we're believing this huge collective lie for centuries mm-hmm. that the earth is round. Um, there was we're, we're dismissing so much. Oh, below the airport. Yeah, <laughs> I think what happened was lost the island where all the round earthers that were kicked out of that meeting. Yeah, <laughs> they climbed exactly. back up the shaft. I mean, clearly Trump would have blown the whistle on all this yeah. because I mean he has like papers all. That's over right. He's got all the documents. <laughs> he left his cocaine in the White House, though I heard. So. <laughs> oh, off topic. Oh, that was that was actually left over from Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, got you covered. All right, Grant. Thanks for sticking around about 15 extra minutes than what you actually had. It was so good to have you back on the podcast and you brought some really good stuff. Thanks for listening, man. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Anything else along these lines you'd like for us to talk about um, that are conspiracy theories out there? Like maybe, maybe what would be a Christian perspective on them? 
let us know. All right. Thanks for joining us. Um, we love you guys. Comment, like, share, all the goodness, and we will see you next time. I fart in your general direction. You English pig dogs. <laughs> <laughs>